The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. What's up, orange men and ladies? Happy... What the hell day is it? Tuesday. Mm-hmm. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the Militia. Syracuse Orange men's soccer team brings home the hardware in the national championship versus Indiana. In the first ever College Cup final, that was um, pretty cool. I came down to the wire of wires. And Syracuse oh. Orange basketball team slowly come to life in an 86-71 win over Monmouth. They improved to 7-4 and in the year. You'll hear from us on that. And Syracuse will host the Big Red this Saturday at 3. We'll let you know what we think about Cornell. Um, first... Quickly, um, Syracuse National Championships in uh, the men's soccer realm. So join in the, the likes of, well, we know, the big three, right? So uh, women's field hockey, basketball. Um, of course, while well, we do, are we counting the football? Yeah, right? That counts, right? It's a long time ago, but it's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Um, what was it? Nineteen? Was it fifty nine? Yeah, I think it was. I have a I have a glass somewhere commemorating the nineteen fifty nine uh, football championship. But um, in the modern day, basketball, um, lacrosse, obviously, men's soccer, women's field hockey, um, all champions. So cross country, too, was uh, that was the same year. Um, field hockey. I believe in, two, yeah, in 2015. Yeah. And then there was another cross country run um, a while back before that. So uh, lacrosse holds strong though with the 10. So a lot of, tro- yeah, a lot of trophies be being brought to the JMA dome. And uh, look, I watched more soccer last night than I'd watched in my whole life up to that point combined, which is to say five minutes, maybe. And, um, you know, I, dude, I'm sorry. I'm just, you I know, get, it is I what it. it is. You're being honest. You know, um, I, so I'm not going to pretend like, uh, you know, I was knew what the hell was going on or, um, you know, watched every game up to that point. But, uh, you know, during the championship, I'm turning it on. I'm going to watch. And I did. And we got to see uh, the, the dome kind of, I couldn't tell if it was clearing out for the soccer game or what, but. Uh, there was definitely a good group of people down there watching the big screen behind the curtain, and uh, oh, yeah. I believe I believe it synced up with right before the half, right before intermission ended, so yeah. right before the second half started. Yeah, and, right before uh, the players coach, were about to go back out. Yep, Coach Autry that had to go on the cool court about. and grab uh, grab players and and bring them back to the bench. So maybe that's what sparked that second half of defense. By the way. Uh, maybe they were just concerned about the soccer game and they weren't paying yeah. much attention. Who knows? Yeah, well, it was interesting because this game originally started at seven. They pushed it back to eight because they wanted the fans right. to be able to, you know, watch the game. And they even had a little special, I believe, where you know, if you wanted to go in, pay ten bucks, you'd get in there, watch the uh, the soccer match, you know, and then you'd get a ticket to the Monmouth. So you know, all those guys back there, they got in you know, for $10 and then they got to go and watch the basketball game after. But I'm pretty sure they wanted it to be a situation where, you know, the game was over before the game started and that's why they moved it back an hour. But instead we go into two overtimes and then long penalty kicks. And the next thing you know, we wonder and 
during halftime. And um, that's what I thought was kind of cool about it was because, you know, the announcers are talking about the game during halftime and you're just hearing the fans in the background every time we get a penalty kick just going nuts. And yeah. It's like so it was like in time it was kind of cool. And then everybody in the stadium was watching. And when they finally won, then, you know, everybody erupted. And, you know, it was a it was a cool, uh, cool little thing. The players got to see it. And like you said, I mean, you know, the, they the players got to see their peers win a national championship. If that doesn't fire you up. I mean, you know, I, I mean, there's certain people that have their own opinions about soccer, but you're at a college, you know, you're friends with athletes from other, you know, sports and things oh, like absolutely. that. You see each other a lot. And so those their peers. I'm sure that they have friends on the team. So I'm sure that that fired them up, too. Yeah, a lot of uh, former Syracuse athletes getting on Twitter, doing, um, making the rounds. So it was cool. It was um, interesting. It killed fan feedback. Was, there was, which is to- look. I get it. It's totally acceptable. It was Monmouth and and Syracuse men's soccer won a, a, a natty. So uh, I get it. But there there isn't any <laughs> fan feedback uh, tonight. There is some, but I don't know. It's not worth bringing to the table. Your brother's comment was actually quite funny, though. He's. Uh, did you see it on Facebook? No. No, no, I didn't. Do you want to? Sure. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's. Um, so, anyways, Joe, we got, we do have, uh, we do have some moves in football. It's like too much, man. It's somehow, some way, there has to be a. Be- I'm, I'm all for a lot of this stuff. I'm definitely for. I'm definitely for the one-time transfer thing. I I am because I feel like I feel like it's a happy medium for being able to transfer one time to, you know, have to stay put or have to sit out a year, right? So, it's kind of like it's kind of like the choice you make. And I think that there's weight to that choice now being the fact that, you know, a lot of times people didn't transfer cuz they have to sit for a year. And with this, I think it's fair. You, you get to do it once uh, before you have to sit. But some kind of regulation or something from the and the NCAA looks so foolish in a lot of this stuff because this just looks so it's so sloppy and like I don't know unorganized and just a, a, a quite a mess from from yeah. a somewhat outsider perspective. And I just feel like some kind of regulations have to go in. You know, our bowl game is. It's getting for me. It's exciting to be in a bowl game, regardless. But it's 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 losing some of the some of the wind beneath the wings, you know, a little bit. Uh, just in the fact that you know we heard uh, Deuce Chestnut, he's gonna enter the transfer portal. If you didn't hear about that, just um, maybe an hour or two ago, and it's a blow. But you know what? I, I'm I'm fine. With it, I'm going to stand by what I said and what I always say, and is that if you play for the orange, you play for the orange, and if you don't, you don't. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stress about it. They'll, mm-hmm. f- they'll figure it out. We got some decent uh, transfers coming in. Um, Jaden Gold, a uh, transfer from Nebraska, Joe. Um, Braylon Ingraham, uh, four-star recruit, former four-star recruit, ended up going to Alabama, had, some de- had a lot of good offers, right? Uh, um, 6'4", 300 pounds. We talked about... That we talked about uh, Joe Moore and um, there was another one. It's escaping me right now. But um, you know, so there's a lot of people in the portal. Like you can benefit from the portal, but you also get hammered by the portal. And I don't think Deuce will be it. And I don't know what kind of big names are are to come. But there's also more people to come in. So I don't know what this thing looks like by the time we get to a bowl game. And I'm all for you know, the NIL stuff and things like that. And I don't know how much of a role it plays in this. I'm sure it plays some of it. Right. Uh, but as far as the portal goes though, there's gotta be something. I feel like just a, a, a just frustration with it. It's, it's, it's really kind of, yeah. it's really kind of confusing to follow and just frustrating to watch everything unravel. You know, Syracuse fans, 
we want a bowl game. We get a bowl game. And, and these players that are staying, they work so hard to get there. And there's so many of them that, that want to get in this bowl game and they want to win. And it's just like, just these other distractions, just, a, a, just, I can't imagine what it's like. Now they're obviously more professional than me. I mean, it's going to bother me a little bit more than it bother them, but still a distraction in my opinion. Um, it's going to be tough to focus. I think we're playing in what, two weeks, just about. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks, almost exactly. So, um, I don't know, Joe. What What do you think? I'm just kind of venting here because it's kind yeah, of no, a, fr- I mean, a frustrating, I completely understandable. Thing. And I think that because of the transfer portal and with this, you know, you know, everyone getting an extra year because of COVID and all that stuff, I think that you know, it's it's kind of taking accountability away from the kids a little bit, and yeah, you know, plenty. allowing them to free range, you know, make their own decisions. But I think, I think in time, what you're going to see is you're going to see uh, the players kind of catch up to the nuances of what this really means. I think too many times. You're getting these players that are coming in as true freshmen, and if they don't get it the way that they want it exactly after just one year, they, they, they're in, they're almost like we've talked they're about in the, the entitlement portal, right? Yeah, we've talked. So about I mean, that, at yeah. the end of the day, what happens is you just lost your free transfer. So now you didn't really give that one school a chance, and after one year, not getting it your way, or not maybe not playing as much as possible, now you just gave up your free, you know, kind of get out of jail free card. Right now, what happens if you mess up the next pick? Now you're going to have to sit, sit next out. time, right? So I think that eventually it'll end up being a situation where kids will end up staying at a place for at least two years to kind of feel it out and make sure that it, it's definitely not the place for them. Um, you know, and obviously there's going to be some one-year guys. I mean, look, there's 85 scholarships on a team with all these teams um, on top of the fact that you're going to have D1 AA guys and stuff transferring up, you know, graduate seniors um, transferring up to try to play more competitively. Um, so you're going to see those things. Um, and not everyone's going to have a spot. You know, you have to remember, you go to the transfer portal, doesn't mean, depending on how your exit interview and how your talks with the coaches went, it doesn't mean that you, you can't come back. Um, you know, we see Chad Schuster, you know, true freshman offensive line, he went in. Who knows if he's going to see anything, you know, if they said, hey, you know, we're just going to throw it out there and see. I mean, you can always come back. But, you know, we lost Jeremiah Wilson and we lost Deuce Chestnut, two corners, um, you know, with Tony White leaving, you know, I said that we, that I said that this was going to happen. You know, I didn't think that there was going to be too many offensive guys to transfer. Uh, but Tony White has been here for three years and has, you know, some of these guys came here for him. Um, and, you know, this Jaden Gould from, uh, he was a four-star corner out of the transfer portal from uh, Nebraska. Well, that's where Tony White went. Yeah, so a little odd, if, huh? So if Nebraska's losing corners, and then we have two corners that goes in, I mean... Well, someone knows something that yeah, we haven't heard so, out loud, right? Right. So, I mean, that's kind of what it looks like, right? But either way, um, it's a situation where I'm sure there's going to be some guys that go to Nebraska because of Tony White and everything like that. So we knew there was going to be turnover on the defensive end, you know, but we get this other corner that comes in and then, you know, see what happens with this transfer defensive lineman from Alabama. Um, yeah, that's... The bad thing is, is that you know you can lose guys. You know the good thing is, is that you can gain guys. There's, I mean, the portal with twelve, thirteen hundred players in it. <laughs> I mean, you if can you, have a chance it, to go and get some experienced guy handpicked to come in and help your team. It's 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 a little bit odd, and this isn't a dig to Syracuse or anything like that. But if you're if you're a young player on a Syracuse team and you're not getting any burn and you're frustrated. And you enter the transfer portal. I mean, where are you going? It's it's different. It's something said to be a little bit different for like uh, Braylon Ingraham, right? Who is coming from Alabama, has got had offers from you know Clemson, Texas, and all these other places. But I I don't know. I just feel like there's a huge difference between that and and then leaving Syracuse. Now this is not. I'm not talking about Deuce. Okay, obviously, I think we know the deal with that. No, I mean, him right. and Jeremiah Wilson, I think. Right. I mean, there's probably a good chance that they're going to go follow Tony White. Right. So, uh, but some of these younger guys who really you just don't see, I'm not talking about guys that actually get playing time and have had, have, you know, made, you know, a name for themselves and been in the spotlight in, in, in names that people know. But some of these younger guys, it just, I don't know, where are you going? I mean, it's, it's fine. I don't even care. I don't even mind about some of the younger guys. Obviously, I don't think it's that big of a hit, but like just the the um the mentality that everything has got to be now 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 all the time. I feel like 
is just I deal with yeah. it. I deal with it at work. I think many of us deal with it with our kids. I I I just it is just evolved into this. You know, what have you done for me lately? In in type of attitude and. There's just no patience. All of the patience has left the building. It's like, you could be a really yep. good football player if you just wait. This is how it's been. You know, to just say, you know what? Um, I I can't put my time in. I got to get, you know, get, you know, take take people at work. Just for example, I'm not saying this is a, is a, is a realist. This isn't like a life experience, but people come and they've been working for you for three months and like, well, I want to race. Well, what the hell are you talking about? You've been here for three months. You haven't done anything yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, no, yeah. So I, those I don't ones know. that have been there for five, six months that think that they should run, they should be running the show. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like this instant gratification mentality. I <laughs> I didn't grow up years, like but. that. You didn't grow up like that. It just seems like you said is a great point when you opened. You, you, you talked about. Um, you know, basically instant gratification, but um, what did you say? What did you say exactly? No, I said, I mean, it kind of takes accountability away from accountability. the Accountability, yes, thank you. It makes you. it a yes. lot easier for them to just, right. when they don't get their way, they go somewhere else right. and they don't even have to wait. It's accountability. That's exactly, I wanted, yes, that's what you said, and, and that's a good point because. Well, that's a lack of that in the world everywhere. Yeah, I know, and that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's just, um, it's, it, it's draining to me. You know, as a sports fan, and as a sports fan that likes to do this show and, and, and enjoy uh, talking about it, it's draining. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. I just dragged well, my ass over to this microphone and peeled myself up <coughs> to talk about it. So, well, and sometimes too, you get like the chats, like sometimes you get some guys, and we've seen it before, that they, they come in and they realize they're in over their head, right? And they end up transferring to a lower. Lower level school, right? I mean, there's there's also those type of options too. You yeah, know, we and don't those, really know. Yeah, well, I think most of most of them, that's where they end up, and it's probably better for them. But who knows what could have been had they just put the time in, improved themselves. That's my point. Oh well, that's where it's going to be anyway, right? I mean, at the end of the day, most of these kids they're going to be in school from three to five years before they're good enough to go to the NFL, and you're going to have to put in that work in those three to five years, no matter what school you go to. Yeah. So. Now, I know there's got to be a fit. People, certain players fit in different schemes and different things better, and they have fits with coaches and everything. I get that. But a lot of a lot of this stuff is just up to them, them putting in the work. Work and time, man. Tenure comes. You know, it's just not instantaneous. It's not like a, a deuce chestnut type situation with a lot of people, you know, or, you know, there's plenty of them out there. But uh, I, I hate it for the team. You know, this gives other people opportunities, though. And that's always good. And when, you know, we played West Virginia in the bowl, we got to show off some of the some new guys that, that became eligible. And in a different type of situation, we have a, a, a same type of scenario. So you get oh. to, you know what I'm saying? So you get to see some guys um, see if they can shine, you know, in the big yeah. lights and during a bowl game. And, and I'm going to be rooting for them. And, of course, obviously everybody that leaves – we all wish them well. This is nothing. There's no ill will here at all. No, that's absolutely not. That's not, no, not no. where I'm going at all. No. I think it's an NCAA problem, not a player problem, because the players have to play mm. by the NCAA rules. And that's well, they all can play by the NCAA rules, right? Well, right. And that's Doesn't what they're mean doing. They're the best rules. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, so I'm, that's kind of what I'm saying. I like the idea of this. I think, I think it's like. Feeding it after midnight, though we just fed the transfer portal after yeah, midnight. But you know what, though, as soon as the NCAA steps in and tries to save the kids from themselves, right, then it's going to be overstepping their stuff anyway, right? So at the end of the day, it's just a different, it's a different type of world. It'll weed itself and, out, right? Just, and, and isn't it, that what we're waiting gonna, for? I think it's a, I think it'll eventually weed itself out. It's just you know we have to allow it the time to fail, and I don't think it's been around long enough to fail. I between know between the NIL and between. The yeah. transfer portal stuff. Uh, there's going to come a time where, you know, shit's going to hit the fan. No, so, and something's going to need to happen. But going back to the bowl game and getting away from that <laughs> from that talk, uh, I can see where you're coming from as a fan. But I look at it like, if you're talking about six and six, seven and five, you're not going to be playing for, you're not playing for double oh, digit wins. That. You're not playing a great bowl game, right? So, I mean, you, you want to get the win. bowl game. 
But I always look at it. Yeah, you want to try to win too, right? But at the end of the day, a lot of that is just the extra practices and allowing other players to come in, right? So, um, you know, Deuce and Jeremiah, by them going to the transfer portal, I'm probably going to be willing to bet that they're not going to play in the bowl game. And that's just going to allow other players to step up. I don't think they can, I don't think they can. I See, I think, I don't know if there's a rule in that or not. I don't think they can. But I could be wrong. I, I mean, it makes so no that, sense. I mean, I look at it like this. If I'm a coach and you're telling me that you're going to the transfer portal and I have a chance to put in some of my younger guys yeah, to grow. Good luck. Whether we win or not, it's not that big of a deal. Like, right. I'm not going to play. You're going to take minutes away. You know, you're telling me you're going to leave, but you want to play the bowl game. You want your cake and eat it, too. You know, that's not going to happen. So to me, getting this bowl game was the practices and you know, getting the guys in there and getting the younger guys and people in there that have been waiting, chomping at the bit, uh, guys that can still redshirt and still play in this game and it not have it affect your your eligibility. Um, and so with those two guys out, it's going to be interesting. I imagine Isaiah Johnson is going to start at one of the corners, and um, it's going to be interesting to see who else steps up on his opposite corner for the bowl game. Now, when you look into next year, I mean, Isaiah Johnson, he stepped up. You give him one he's more actually, year of growth. And yeah, then you he's add actually this. decent. Yeah, and then you add this Jaden Gold. I mean, he's a yeah. big corner. He's 6'2". So, yeah, those guys, I mean, there's your starting corners, depending on if we get more, and we already had a little bit of depth there to begin with. How, so so um, let's, real quick, because I don't have it in front of me, and I'm sure you probably do, because I see you looking at your screen. Um, Jaden Gold and um, Braylon Ingraham, how many years of eligibility do each of those guys have left? I believe they were so, both three. Were they not? Am I wrong? Jaden Gold has Jaden Gold has four years eligibility. Okay, all right, okay. What about Ingraham? Um, but I don't I see. I think Ingraham. I think he played for four years and didn't get a lot of burn. And the thing that it kind of, you know, kills me a little bit with it. So he was a class of twenty nineteen. Yeah. So I think he's only got one more. I think two. That's great. It would be two with his with the COVID year. I believe. Yeah. Well, he's a grad transfer nonetheless, but he was. This guy, he kind of makes me a little nervous because you see him coming from Alabama. He's definitely got – he came from St. Thomas Aquinas High School in Florida, big, big high school. Um, but uh, he was actually – he didn't play that. So he was, like, retired from Alabama. Like, Alabama did not let him medically play. Um, but, you know, he got passed or, you know, whatever by some doctors, went in the transfer portal, and, uh, you know, we're taking a chance on him. Like, I don't know exactly – what the injury is, but usually stuff like this is like concussion stuff, you know, some of the stuff that Tyler went through and many, many players before and after him have. Um, so I don't know if that's the exact situation, but it's something like that. And it was something like that with Alabama. So it's not like we're getting, you know, you know, a fresh guy. Uh, that's, obviously. Yeah. It's got I'm to- not saying that he's going to now, who knows, you know, you, you roll the dice and if he stays healthy, then, you know, that's fine, but can't, he played four can't years. Can't hurt to try. I mean, to right, give it exactly. A go. I mean, yeah. we're giving him a chance, and if it works out, then it works out. So I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. It's just, you know, this guy's coming with a little bit of risk, but I think that the reward is, is huge if it works out. So I think that it's, you know, give him one year, and then we'll see, you know. Yeah. Rolling the dice, giving him a chance. All right, well. Letting him bet on himself, you know. We will see. We'll keep everybody updated as we can on the football stuff. And it's just a whirlwind. Expect more. Expect mm-hmm. more good. Expect more bad. And uh, we'll be here to talk about it with you Sunday. But until then, let's talk Monmouth. And then we'll get into some Cornell first. Let's hear what Coach had to say following the win. I'd like to uh, obviously congratulate the soccer team. What a great great uh great win for those guys um really proud to uh watch that as far as our game uh, we didn't want to play tonight uh, uh our forwards have not wanted to play this year uh, and if they don't want to play we're not going to be very successful uh, judah and joe did all they could to try to keep us ahead and try to win the game but uh, Jesse's going to get muscle like this he still has trouble with teams that are physical and push him out and that's what happened but we have two or three little rotations on defense and Chris got caught three times for layups um, 
and uh, again played 12 minutes, had good position to get two or three rebounds, and didn't. He, it's not so much he didn't get them, but he didn't try. And you know, I I don't know what he can do. Malik, I thought he's not quite ready, but he gets around the basket and he's physical. But you have to understand, we're going to be playing teams that are six eight or nine, not six two or three, and we can't stop these guys. Uh, in the first half, we played no defense. Jesse was just trying to stay. I don't know what, but the second half. For about the first 16 minutes, I think they had 19 points versus 41 in the first half. And uh, our offense was, was a little better. But, uh, you know, we're not winning playing basketball like this. Um, I think Notre Dame and Georgetown are not physical teams. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're better against that. But this team was physical. They were push, you know, were physical with our inside players. And uh, we didn't, weren't able to deal with that. Benny was there two or three times and didn't get the rebound against a 6'5 guy. So there's going to be a 6'10 guy over there once we get going in the league. So, again, you know, Chris had zero rebounds, which is nothing new. And, uh, you know, I can't play somebody that can't get a rebound in a game. <laughs> I, just, I just can't do it. Uh, it's just we can't win that way. So we're going to have to think about that, <clears throat> see what we're going to do going forward. Coach, you mentioned guys like not ready. What do you mean by that? What's that? What do you mean that Malik's not ready? You mentioned that. Well, he's still learning the defense. Learning, you know, offensively, he's not a he's not a good, really good passer. He doesn't shoot. He's he's a low post player. You know, when Benny's at the four, we get a shooting weapon, two besides. So uh, different, different. Do you think Malik can develop into an everyday player? And that goes for John. Yeah, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. He's a really good inside player. Normal freshman, not quite ready. But that's Hakeem work, and his stats are better than Hakeem's work as a freshman. Well, before the season, I thought Judah and Joe would be fine. They are. I thought Jesse would be good in the middle. I was worried about the other positions. And I'm still out. <laughs> Jack Collins went off in the first half. I can't hear you. You guys got to speak up. I'm old. <laughs> uh, Jack Collins, three-point shooting in the first half from Monmouth. How'd you guys yeah, he's the one guy that can really shoot it. We left him open. That's, I thought that was smart. What would you say about Syracuse's performance on the line today, foul line? I don't really even think about that. That's the last thing I think about. Contributing to almost 20 points. I don't, I don't really think about that. They go to the line, they make them, they make them. I can't do anything about that. I can do something about the other stuff. Coach, is there a thought of changing up the starting lineup with Chris Bell not getting it done? I think about a lot of things. Mostly I'm thinking about getting some food, so we'll see you soon. A late dinner for Coach after the game, and also nothing quite puts a little pep in my step and cheers me up as much as a Jim Beheim press conference, and I don't know what else to say because, man, great. it's electric. <laughs> they're great. Holy, they're great. And That's what just, people I mean, hate, by the way. Some people hate that, and I think people who hate that hate that I like it. And I'm not talking about anybody listening. Maybe, but like my friends, they, they hate that I you like have to that. Get, you have to get over the fact that he is using that... <laughs> To basically motivate his team, and he over-exaggerates a lot when it comes to that stuff. That's if you noticed. Trolls. Yes, so he like, trolls. Like, He's throwing shade. He it's trolls. Great. By the way, I I will you know if he shoots a number out there, I always fact check it, and I've corrected him. Have I not, Joe? Have you Dude, ever caught yeah, me doing? Yeah, but that? I'm just saying, like, but he, but because he does, he over, he exaggerates, but it's, he, it's, I mean, it's gold. It's press conference gold, guys. I don't is. know what else no, to say I mean, about it. And realistically, too, like I, it's Mike Gundy. It's, I'm 40. This is no Every offense time. to this is no offense to the Syracuse media in particular. It's just media overall. 
I mean, he pretty much treats the media or takes the media about as serious as you should. Exactly. And that's just that's facts. Yeah, for sure. What and, it is? And people just he's, and he's just Donna, there so he don't get fined. Yeah, poor Donna. She's just every time she has something, I swear he's so irritated. It's terrible. Uh, okay, so uh, look. To say it was a slow start again is an understatement, right? <laughs> so I think I think and my my wife's like, why are you so calm? I'm like, this this is not gonna last. It's not gonna last. I really felt like it wasn't going to last until it really started to last. Okay? And then I'm like, okay, well, let's see how the second half goes. And then they start playing some defense in the second half. It was way more active. You come in, you underestimate a team, you take for granted that you're playing a team that you're supposed to just demolish. They're one and nine coming into your place, right? And they have, like, no, no, they beat Manhattan at home, for crying out loud, and got creamed the rest of the games they played. And you come in, and you play with a little bit of arrogance and you're you you end up sloppy and it's sloppy on offense and it was sloppy on defense and once they got a little bit more active and they um played better defense quite frankly and and i mean thank god for judah mintz who was electric and then we're going at these guys especially second part of the you know last quarter of the game going at these guys 26 fouls on monmouth Syracuse got to the line 28 times. We'll get to that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But, Joe, we just heard Coach say, though, in the last, in the last um, coach montage, Jesse doesn't struggle. But he mentioned the physicality, okay? Um, I don't know if it was – I didn't see him, like, really struggling too much. It's just not ready to play. It was like the whole team, I felt like, Joe. And – um when you look at Chris Bell, and I feel terrible for, for Chris Bell because, I mean, I like the guy. I was big on the guy. I was excited about watching this guy. But he, if you don't grab a rebound, if you don't get on the, on, in the box score with some rebounds, bro, yep. you've got to be doing something more than six points. I mean, I know he only got 12 minutes, but nothing, bro? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what? I just don't I, – I mean, these, like I said, he's given them – the longest leash that I've seen in quite some time. And we I, I knew know. we knew that not all these guys are going to be able to play. And they're finding he, they're trying to find their guys. And he's trying I mean Taylor only had two two minutes, so you know he couldn't build off his big game. Um and Chris Bell only had twelve. And then you see the two other than Benny Williams, but the it's, two other it's because of his effort though and the ones he missed. I mean No, it's effort, yeah. If you can't yeah. 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 That's why he got twelve. It's all effort. Yeah. So like we've seen this, it's going back to like we have depth, we have different types of players um, that are trying to figure out their roles and their and their confidence. And we've seen these type of teams in the past where Bayheim, like, if you don't if you don't put in the effort, doesn't care if you're missing shots. You if you don't put in the effort on defense and getting rebounds and that type of stuff, then you're not going to play. And I mean I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and guess. I, I've sat here and tried to guess, right? Because we had the Oakland game and Malik Brown played well, and I thought he was going to play last game, and he didn't, and then he came back in. So I mean, and I'm, we'll get to that, but I don't, I don't know how much longer. And I know that other someone else alluded to. It, I don't know how much longer you can start Chris Bell. Unfortunately, I think that's where where we're at, and you know, Malik Brown is next here on my list. Um, I felt like him coming in has helped when he's been in there. I feel like he's helped. He's contributed more. And has been more of an asset than a bell. Understatement. Benny has not. Let's just say Benny's gotten better. Bell has not. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Okay. So, you know, I think I saw a lot. I saw a lot. First of all, in in Benny's 24 minutes, I saw a lot out of him yesterday. And the scoring was good. And he got to the free throw line. But. He did have five rebounds. It's getting better. I feel like he's getting more comfortable. He's doing better on defense. They moved him to the three, put Malik at the four, and um, then we've got, um, you know, he ends up with 24 minutes, 11 points, okay, five for eight from the floor, 
And um, he got to the foul line, missed a couple, but seven rebounds. Seven rebounds. And, and, yeah. and that's where you need him to be, is the seven rebound area, right? He's not that's exactly like, what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah he's not a uh, he's not a guy that's going to take a ton of shots. Uh, but if he can be in there and be that body in there grabbing rebounds, I mean that's that's what it comes down to. And I th- I think, dude, it, it's not going to be too too much longer before we see him getting more more minutes come you know conference play. And he was your guy, so whenever he's on the court, I always think of you because you kind of um, you were a big fan of his, and you said he was going to be a sleeper, and that's exactly what he's been doing. And slowly, um, he's he's starting to get. You know the recognition in the playtime. I think that he's probably capable of and and can build off of you know for the rest of the year. So he, once he knows his role a little bit more and he's a little bit more comfortable, I think he's going to be an excellent uh, player. Yeah. This year. Well, I think with him, with him where he came from as far as his competition level um, in high school, I think that it was going to take a little bit long longer for it to slow down for him. Um, but you know, we when even back when. You know, he was coming in, and we talked about it, and I and I talked about him being my sleeper. Uh, you know, he just always he does he does the little things. You know, he doesn't chirp. You know, yeah, you see him scrappy. dunk the ball, and he he's, runs right he's, back he's down. Gritty. He's scrappy, yeah. exactly. He's got the length and the size that you want from a power forward. He comes in, gets seven rebounds. That's the most rebounds I think a forward has had this year. You know, and he came right in, question. and I mean, and it was immediate. As soon as he came in, it was immediate. He got a dunk. He got a layup. He's around the basket. He's active. Now, is he going to miss some rotations? Yeah. Is he not a good jump shooter? No, he's not. You know, but you see him moving without the ball. You saw, it, you know, Judah Mintz hit him with a, a pass when he was when he cut to the basket when his, you know, defender wasn't looking at him. So yeah, is he raw? Is there still some things and ways to go? Yeah, he's got ways to go to be like a really good player. But I don't know how much. I mean, I don't know how much farther away he needs to be to find himself carve out a role. Um, if not starting, at least you know first forward off the bench. Yeah, I would agree. Let's 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 put it, this into perspective a little bit. In ninety minutes of play, for Chris Bell, he's got twenty seven rebounds. For two hundred and sixteen minutes of play, I'm sorry. For ninety minutes of play for Malik Brown, he's got twenty seven rebounds. For two hundred and sixteen minutes of play for Malik Brown, he's got twelve. I mean, it goes. I mean, that's you know, not saying well, Bell do do? doesn't have. Well, I mean, look, coach is right there. There's something about Chris Bell that coach likes that he hasn't shown us on the court. I guess. I guess it's the two for two for three pointers that he had. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. He's a shooter. Yeah. He's a shooter. So they, we need another offensive weapon out in the perimeter, and he's set up to be able to be that guy that just sits out there. We've seen him just waiting. He finds the open spot, gives open shots, and he's missed open shots. Last night he hit two for two, but he was so bad on defense and the boards that he had to take him out. Yeah. And then Malik Brown comes in and does what he does. How do you take that out? I know. Um, you know, and Benny caught fire. There was a point when – Oh, Benny, dude, Benny he had a couple, a couple putbacks off a of rebounds. And, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a three and, and got fouled and got a four-point play. Like at by one the point, way, he had like... By the way, that sparked an 8-0 run for Syracuse in that <laughs> play. The game was still close. He hits that, goes down, hits the free throw, sparks an 8-0 run. I think um, not too long after that, a little back, back and forth, but then there was another like seven or eight zero run after that, and by then, I mean the game was done. That was kind of the turning point in the game. Benny getting fouled like that, and, and by the way, like I said, twenty six fouls for Monmouth. They were just uh, Syracuse just started taking it to him, and I mean Judah Mintz, man. I mean he wasn't in the montage much, but thirty six <laughs> minutes, twenty four points, eleven for twelve from the line. You know he had five assists. That's I mean. Four steals. Four steals, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. You know, um, just he was uh, Ken Palm's MVP. It, it just, of course. Just um, watching him get better and better. I do believe Benny's getting better. Hence the there was... l- lack of, lack of um, hazing from coach and the presser. I mean, he, he obviously yeah, well, thinks he's getting better. I mean, he, better too. he was going back and forth all year, right? But it, I mean, it almost was like, to me, he got pulled. He didn't even start coming out of the second half. And then 
I think something switched. Something. I mean, I don't know exactly what it was, but you just saw his confidence switch. I mean, he ended up with five, five rebounds. He was very active, and his effort was out there on defense. Uh, and he was shooting. I mean, he went from, well. I mean, one from one from the three point line, two for two from the free throw line, five of ten overall from field goal. I mean, that's an efficient night. It is. So, yeah. Um, look. So, here's my thing. I don't know what this team looks like. Couple things. I don't know what this team looks like going into uh, conference play, but I can tell you that um, starting games like they did versus Monmouth is not going to be. That's not going to get you the Ws. I mean, Coach knows this. He's trying desperately to get this team prepared to play in conference games. But you look at a guy. Yeah, it's the defense. Yeah, but the yeah, I know. I mean, I get it. But you look at a guy like to your point, you look at a guy like Jack Collins, okay? This this kid, what he scored twenty, that was his season high. You know, it's someone who can hit and gets hot on the zone and play teams that can play well in the zone, like coach was saying, it wasn't in the montage, but he mentioned it. I mean, those guys are gonna be tough. And, you know, sometimes they go cold, like a Jack Collins. Or sometimes the defense picks up, you know, like we've seen them do a couple times this year. But you get too far behind and, you know, we're shooting. Let's see, what did we shoot yesterday? First of all, it was good, though. That was my thing is is that's what I'm trying to say about like Bayheim's talking about. We don't we can't play like that. Look, they won the rebounding. They took 28 free throws to the other team's 10 and scored 22 points from the line. Yeah. You're not going to be they able had, to always get to the line like that, though. But yeah, no, no. But I'm saying when you have this type of line, when you win in rebounds, when you win in turnovers, and then all of a and then you shoot 22 or 28 from the free throw line, you shoot 51 percent overall, and damn 53 near three point, yeah, damn near 53.3 percent from three point line. Like when you shoot those percentages and score 86 points, you absolutely should win. Yeah, almost every single time. It's the defense. Right. It's holding the other team. Offensively, in those stats, not turning the ball over as much as the other team, getting into the free throw line, shooting over 50%, and then winning the rebound battle, that should set you up for a W almost, I mean, every single day. Yeah, that's Monmouth, Almost every single game. Bro. That's 1 in 10 Monmouth. I get it. I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I totally get what I'm you're saying. I'm just talking but, about but the percentages. Do, but I, I, I understand. Say but it's, that's what I'm talking about the defense-wise. Okay. Because they should have been in the 50s. Well, and it should have been. Okay. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, is that, and maybe that's what Jim's alluding to about playing like that. But offensively and winning the turnover and rebounding and free throw and shooting over fifty percent offensively, if you keep those percentages, then you should win almost every single game. Uh, to me, it's the defense. Defense allowed them to start fast and stay in the game. And even at the end, when they thought they had the game wrapped up, you know, they made a little run to make it a little scary. Yeah, Syracuse was just not keeping tempo. And like I talked about in the last show, I think Syracuse needs to set the tempo, and they they didn't. Monmouth set the tempo. And Syracuse was playing from behind, and it got down quick early. And, you know, it just became sloppy. And it's just, I mean, that's just typically what's going to happen. That happens to any team, by the way. You get down, like, you know, they don't set. You let the other team set the pace. You get down. You make mistakes. You're trying to do too much. In this particular case, I think that they underestimated Monmouth, and they came out a little, little lazy and, and overconfident, and they got punched in the mouth. But they got back up. They, 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 they gathered their shit and they went and fought for the rest of the game, and they won. <laughs> Took so, care of business. What uh, do you we, think about Jesse's game? I mean, I. I, it wasn't great. It wasn't one of his best, but I mean, the guy does double double. It's like a double double machine, regardless of you know. Oh, Jesse didn't have a great game. Well, he had another double double. I mean, what's that? I mean, five six on the year. Um, I mean, he played almost the whole game. Ten rebounds, right? Three of seven. Um, six for nine from the free throw free throw line, and he had three blocks and four and four steals. I mean, I'm ha- I'm happy on the blocks. The, the blocks. <laughs> I mean, I'll take I'll take that all day long. I'll take it too. But when you're putting Jesse into perspective, that's a moderate day for Jesse. You know what I'm saying? As far on the point end, I guess it's just the point. So really, but when Jesse scores a lot, also we also win. 
You know what I mean? Mm. So you know you're having well, a good day too if he's in the in the high teens, twenties, and you're not going to get it every game. But you know, three blocks, four steals is is huge, and the rebounds obviously. And he's not. I didn't notice him really getting. I could be wrong because whatever, but it's coach. I, I didn't notice him like really getting out physicaled that much. I just, <laughs> I. It's like this, right? It's like it's the way that the other team plays defense to not allow him to get to his spots. So if you noticed, he was he was a little bit farther out move. than normal, yeah. right? Yeah. Didn't have the positions, and then when he tried to do something on the ball, you know, someone would come over and help. It's just a different way of guarding him. Um, and some some players are better at it than others. And well, but I that think that's said, really he only had two fouls. Yeah. So um, yeah, really good, but. We talk about, uh, real quick to wrap this up, talk about uh, the percentages in the game, Joe, and Syracuse has been killing it from the line for the year, 138 for uh, 138 out of 187. So that's a ton of free throws already in 11 games. That's, uh, dude, that's that, that's winning basketball, though. Yeah, it is. And that's that's like old school Syracuse. That yeah. Judas, fig- Judas figuring it out, man. Yeah, Judas I mean, the dude's it out on the floor all the time, though. But... They even probably missed a couple fouls. Yeah, they probably even missed a couple fouls, by the way. Uh, but he's on the floor a lot. Uh, All I know of, is, is that that man knows how to land. So did Hey, how about Benny's land? <laughs> that I mean, that could have been bad. Yeah. That could have been bad. He landed. I mean, he could have. He could have. Remember Jesse. Looked awkward, but he bounced straight up. Jesse injured his wrist like, like falling like that last year. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, yeah, no, he looked he looked good. He had a little bit of cushion underneath him. Um, so they're good for seventy four percent on the year as a team. Mince is at seventy eight. Okay, so him and Joe, Joe's at eighty one. They're they're your team leaders. Bell even is at seventy five percent. Jesse and Benny both at He's seventy. Through a couple, huh? Yeah, I know. He's a Bell's only shot a couple. I know, man. but um, that's through eleven games, and. You know, you got to, like you said, look at that. I mean, that's good. That's good basketball right there. Getting to the line that many times and taking that many free shots, 138 free points, okay, from the line. That's excellent. If they can keep that yeah. up, that's game plan. And, you know, I think when you couple that with the amount of threes taken, and let's see, Joe took, well, he took 10 of them, 15. So that's good. That's a good ratio. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So compared to what it was last year, no, they're not. They're learning what their offense needs to be, like I was saying. And yeah. some of that is just getting to the line, being physical, attacking, playing through Jesse. And, you know, I mean, you look at the three pointers yesterday. Bell was two for two. Benny Williams, one for one. Mintz, one for two. And Joe was four for 10. And I'll take that. Yeah, I, I will too. I think it's good. It's a good, it's a good balance on offense. And you're putting a lot of people in foul trouble. They had two, they had two DQs. Monmouth did mm-hmm. on the fall line. So, uh, yeah, could put a lot of teams in bad spots. All right, changing the starting lineup, Joe, we, we hit on it. Uh, I do have it down here. But, yeah, I think, you know, before long, we're going to not only – not only do I feel like it could be a little bit late. See, I don't ever want to be dramatic about it, and I don't want to put anybody out there. Well, and to like, what we always you know, say, too, I mean, Chris Bell started, but he had 12 minutes. Right, and John exactly. Bull had 15, and, right. and Malik Brown had 24. So, yeah. you know, they can continue to start Chris Bell. I think Chris Bell has a role. I just not, I'm not sure if if that's it. You know, I think he can. He's like we said. He's he's a he's a shooter. He likes to shoot. He, but he's gonna have to do a little bit more if he wants to stay on the court. So, um, yeah. I, I well, think, I mean, I think. I think Beheim's envisioned this roster and what it could be with some of these players, and he's trying to get them up to par because I think, you know, you look at like a John Bowl or a Malik Brown. I mean, I don't, they, they weren't his first choices, but when it comes to effort and height and rebounding and knowing how to play defense and all that stuff and not taking too many bad shots, then they've been the better option to, 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 to win some of these games in the non-conference in early season. But to get where we want to be and maximize the ceiling of this team – then a Chris Bell or a Justin Taylor has to step up and take that that spot. Um, otherwise, we're going to have to just to do what he keeps doing. And, you know, even if it's giving him a chance, and then if it doesn't work out, bring in the guys that you know might have a 
you know, not as high a ceiling, but they have a solid floor that you know they're going to go in and and do the right stuff and do the little dirty stuff that you know John Bull and I don't mean dirty as far as a dirty player, but you know what I mean, like the blue collar, yeah, no, hard working, gr- gritty, know. grimy, old school basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. With that said, let's take a leap forward here and uh, jump into Saturday's game. Uh, we'll wrap it up with this. The all-time series between the Orange and Cornell sits at 94-31 and 31 in favor of Syracuse. Orange are currently on a 41-game win streak that dates all the way back to December 10th, 1969. Uh, the Syracuse Orange and Cornell Big Red Basketball Series goes back to the first season of Orange Varsity Basketball. They played the second game Syracuse ever played. And the Orangemen beat Cornell 18-15 to for the first win in Syracuse basketball history. The Orangemen won the first three games of the series, according to orangehoops.org. That does the dirty work. Uh, Syracuse took the matchup last year 80-68. to Gerard, Buddy, uh, Edwards, Swider, and Jimmy are starting five. Buddy with 22 and Swider with 21. Currently... Cornell sits at 7-2, only losing to two ACC teams, Boston College 79-77, and Miami 107-105, and that was not overtime. Goodness gracious. Hmm. Um, so they, <laughs> they do, um, you know, they're, what are they, um, what did I say they were, 7-2? Uh, yeah. There's seven wins. You know, you look through here. There's not Monmouth, 81-63. to But there's not a lot of impressive wins on here. But the losses are, if there's an impressive loss, both of these two ACC games, I feel like losing by two in each of these shows something. So, I don't know. You know, I mean, they're they're... They worry me a tiny bit. I don't know. I, I just It's hard to tell. It's so early in the season. That's what's screwy about these games. But they're led by Greg Dolan in points per game with 14, and he also leads in assists with four. Uh, Sean Hansen leads in rebounds with just uh, with just about five and a half a game. As a team, the Big Red are shooting 50% from the floor, 37% from three, and 68% from the free throw line, Joe. So uh, I didn't see any, like, Huge overpowering bodies. I could be wrong, but um, that's the one thing I feel like we have in our favor. That and just I think we have better athletes. But this is a Cornell team that I feel like could be dangerous for some, you know, and, and dangerous for maybe even SU. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I mean, when you look at the big guys, I mean, Sean Hansen's a six nine, two hundred twenty pound junior. And they got a couple guys, six seven, six eight. Um, but to me, this is a interesting game just because Cornell. It looks to me like they like to you know play with some some tempo, try to change it up a little bit. Obviously, with you know the you look at some of the scores of their games, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think that you know our two three zone is going to be able to slow them down a little bit, make them work a little bit more for offense. Uh, but the one thing too is this is a team that they they constantly sub. You know, you look at the majority of their games, they have at least eight guys in double digit uh, minutes. Um, the last two games, they've had nine guys that have played double digit minutes. So, you know, I think they get it. They go out there and they go and they try to pressure and keep the tempo. And um, it's going to be interesting to see. They shoot thirty two threes a game. That's really going to be the other thing. So, um, yeah, and I mean, 37% out of that many is not terrible, but no. it's a lot of, it's a lot of points. <laughs> it's a lot of points. Uh, that's, yeah. that's so, the problem. So when you look at their box scores, the stats are spread all over the place. The shots are spread all over the place. Um, it doesn't look, they're not a, a team where they have a main guy that dominates that type of type of play or type of situations, um, you know, they they pass it around and then whoever's open or gets the open shot, they take it. So, uh, yeah, they're they're four points away from being undefeated, you know, or five or six points away, whatever, from being undefeated. Six um, got to be, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's impressive to go on the road at, at Boston College and at Miami and only, you know, lose by two points each. Yeah. But to your point – 
is uh, to your point, the rest of their schedule hasn't been that great either. So that's why it's um, hard to decipher on the on the W's. It was just too much <laughs> for me to dig into. You know, all I know is that we are, cannot have a situation where we lose to Cornell and Colgate in the same year. Um, so that just can't happen. Oh my um, gosh! So hopefully, you know, we can take some momentum from the last two games, second half of the last game, and the. Uh, you know, Syracuse men's soccer championship. And maybe these guys will get on the snide a little bit and maybe get a fast start. Um, this isn't a team that I really want to have a slow start with because well, they, they can hit, hit threes. Yeah. And that's I mean, it. that's really what it is. And it's not just one particular person. So, uh, yeah, I think that we can, if we can slow it down, play our game, then I think we can get it to a point to where, you know, if they're not hitting threes, then we could probably blow them out. But, um, we have to make sure that we start early and often and play defense early and often. Don't let them, you know, get easy shots. And, you know, I would feed Jesse this to me, this would be a Jesse game all over again. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, food for thought. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think that the size, the Sean Hansen, he's what, six, nine, something like that. Um, anyway, uh, just food for thought on this, Joe, an early, look at the net rankings has Cornell at 103rd and Syracuse at 165. So I don't know. It's a little, that's a big discrepancy. And it's well, a- so the problem with the net, the net rankings is, is that they put a lot into your wins. And as the season goes on and the wins start to balance out a little bit, then it gets a little bit, a little bit closer. So because there's seven and two, and we have the record that we have. It doesn't go. It doesn't. Doesn't it factor in though? Like who it you're factors playing? Factors in a lot. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So it's like I understand what but you're if saying it factors about in who they play. Then we we have a tougher. We have a tougher schedule. Yeah, than that. absolutely, absolutely. And I feel like that. I understand what you're saying that it will even out, like throughout the year, obviously. But with that said, this that's still a huge discrepancy. It does account for all that stuff. But the problem is that it's early. That's what you're saying. So, but yeah. with that said, I mean, um, still. So the, my point is, is that watch them just come out and dominate and that's fine. But I'm talking about Syracuse, but this Cornell team just, just in the research that I did uh, last night and today, it, they seem better than ones we've played probably in the past few years. So I don't remember the last closest game. But, you know. Oh, no, me neither. Well, according to Ken Palm, Cornell's ranked 168th with uh, adjusted offense rank of 102 and adjusted defense rank of 262. So their defense, and, you know, judging by the 107 yeah, points right. Miami put up, exactly. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we got to be able to take advantage of that. Um, and then they have Ken Palm's got us currently at 82 with an adjusted offense of 57, adjusted defense of 103. So we tell you that's when we look at the stats and you look at what it's been, um, our offense is kind of, I I was talking to my dad about it and I said, you know, you look at Judah and Joe and Jesse, they're probably going to get you between 45 and 55 points a game combined, you know, and if you can play good defense, then all you need is what another 15 combined and you should get that W, um, you know, at a minimum, obviously, but, uh, you know, last night we got 52 from them, and, you know, then we, we get a little bit of help, but our offense or our defense wasn't good enough. So as far as what I've been seeing, we need to step up our defense. That's the biggest thing, and that's why you don't see Chris Bell playing, and that's why you see John Bowl and the likes of Malik Brown playing because their defense is more important than the offense that they bring to the table. And, you know, we've been home. We're going to be home for six games. We've got We're halfway through that stretch. And we get to start, well, not start, but continue with our ACC games at home. First two games at home. So, there you go. yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, I do I do want to get by Cornell, though, before I look at that. So and That's what you got to do. Yeah, because, you know, our first road game is against Louisville. So, and then, <laughs> and then Virginia. So, I mean, look, I haven't watched any pit. Louisville hasn't won a game yet. So. Yeah, I know. I haven't. Yeah, I know. They're like zero and nine or something like that. Um, actually, it's more than probably more than that now. Uh, 
I haven't seen any pit. I haven't seen any Boston College, man. I know Louisville stinks. Okay, we get them at home. It's fine. Uh, but then it's then it's Virginia at Virginia. So yeah, um, no Pittsburgh seven and four. Louisville's zero and nine. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it is nine. Okay, that's what I thought. I felt like they should have more games by now. I felt like that's what it was. A, you know, too long ago. So anyway, all right. I think that's going to be it for us. Yeah. I um. I, I got to get through it, man. Yeah, we got to get through it. Now, I appreciate everybody for for tuning in. Sorry, no fan feedback today. Still gave you a solid hour though, so you know can't complain too much. Just a little press for time, and we had some football news to get into. Uh, so it is what it is. But we'll be back here Sunday for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.